you know, we want to welcome everybody here. Everything all at once. Everything all at once. It's honestly a sensation. Aliens listen to it. All part of the human experience. Right. In a parallel universe, we had a different conversation than we're about to have right now. I believe in those I kind feel of like things. I have already done this. <laughs> what? Deja vu. Weird. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine another time where you've been in our basement, Matt. This is really strange. Or in our studio. It's not a basement. It's everything in one studios. I've it's a studio. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never, I've never met you before in person. But just looking at you, I get the vibes that you grew up Pentecostal. <laughs> <laughs> he, wow, he, he gives off those those vibes to you. Yeah, is this true? Just look at a man it's, and identify his religion. It's funny. It is true. It's a skill. I'm still perfect with it. <laughs> when I was uh, when I was getting ready to play with my friend and the two piece rock thing called up uh, uh, Boot Jack. Um, He's, I was like, you never played with me before, have you? And he's like, no. He grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, brother, it's the power of the Holy Ghost. That's right. And he's like, <laughs> duh, <laughs> right? Oh, man. And I feel like that spirit, as as much as like I might not agree with a lot of Christianity and stuff, I do believe in like the Holy Ghost and that power of all of us connecting together and the being guided by some greater force out there. I mean, when it comes down to the, like that energy, I, I don't see any difference between like, you know, that really fire brimstone dancing around speaking in tongues and voodoo. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really all about this sort of like emotional shared space with the intent of feeling something. Right. And when you do that, it's like those, those, what do they call them? The whirling dervishes, uh, uh, the Islam, Islamic uh, like uh, mystics that do these spinning dances and they'll like they'll shove like swords through their cheeks and they won't bleed and they'll like uh, they just do all this crazy stuff but it's all it's no different than voodoo ceremony it's no different than Pentecostals jumping all over the place or falling over or picking up snakes or it's all the same it's all yeah. the same you know what's interesting fun fact I don't know if they teach it in different sects of Christianity but we Are we were recording. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're going. <laughs> we're recording. live. We're recording. We're recording. We're, we're making it count this time. All right. We can count. This, time, right this was the only time. Okay. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah we never did this before. Right? I mean, no. Remember? Yeah. No. No. But uh, it's interesting because at least like growing up Catholic, they teach you you can take the Father or the Son's name in vain and be forgiven, but you cannot take the Holy Spirit in vain. That's like an instant ticket to hell. Yeah, blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Exactly. It's Hmm. the worst thing you can possibly do. Right. Which feels like a really messed up sort of like thing. Yeah? (laughs) In a lot of ways. Because it's like, so I can be forgiven. I could open up fire right now. Sure. And kill you both. And I could be forgiven. But as long as you repent <laughs> or if I don't, as long as I'm not blasting the Holy ghost, why do it? No, right? like, thank you. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's very ingrained because you peep pardon the French here, but you could, you've heard people say, you know, God damn it. It's like, uh, you know, you've heard people say like, you know, Jesus Christ, but you don't yeah. hear people going around going, Oh, Holy spirit. You know? <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> not I know, really. But I feel like that, that power that, you're referring to when you talk about the people sticking swords through their through their mouths and doing yeah. other incredible feats, surviving venomous snake bites, yeah. um, is so. I don't know. It's such a strong and interesting thing. If you ever have like an experience like that, like I, I go to a lot of Native American practices and sweat mm-hmm. lodges and stuff, and I've seen like elders just grab like red hot burning stones and like push them mm-hmm. or touch them or like it's crazy too, just well, to see people do things that are like. 
extra human. Right. If you look at those uh, in those snake handling Pentecostal churches in the South or wherever they are, um, sometimes they will drink poison. Mm-hmm. They will hold like carrot like like flames under their face they won't get burned right you know they do all kinds of stuff um yeah and it's up to like that's such an extreme level of faith to just be like okay i was bit by this venomous snake or i've been i'm doing whatever crazy feat here and i am just hoping that god loves me enough to protect me or heals you or heals me or keeps me safe or whatever it is that's like just such a a very devout thing to do like i'm going to refuse medical attention Mm -hmm. and i'm just going to leave this one up to to god and people die oh Mm -hmm. yeah you know are disfigured you know um gnarled up with like snake venom whatever they call that when your muscles are like atrophy atrophy atrophy, um yeah it's definitely a crazy scene there's a book you should read called salvation on sand mountain oh yeah Uh, it's about a reporter that went to report on a preacher that killed his wife putting her hand into the rattlesnakes like out behind their house and then uh but we went down to report on it he actually got wrapped up into going to the church Mm. it's a great book interesting interesting. yeah it's a good book so So, it's a true story and and you were raised pentecostal correct pentecostal holiness um based you know started in the south started in north carolina and then just spread out and i was mostly in pennsylvania mm-hmm. little churches my dad pastored and then we did make one giant move from connellsville pennsylvania to cordova alaska oh wow, wow that is a i was jump. in fifth grade and then uh, we were there for a couple years i moved back uh the beginning of eighth grade so, so. mostly like s- outskirts of cities or yeah rural i mean um i was in uh the first church my dad went to was out in snyder county pennsylvania in the mountains called uh beaver springs pennsylvania and then we were in Shirley'sburg, Pennsylvania. I didn't even know that was a place. Is it we're good. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm nervous now. Yeah. I'm now, nervous. The, all this talk about the the Holy Spirit is 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 working is is keeping us safe. It's right. keeping us going. Keeping us going. We're here. not blaspheming anything. We're not, we're not blaspheming. blaspheming. Yeah. So do you think so the goal is to like take like the the sword I don't want to call it a trick, but take like the the sword thing or the serpent thing or drinking the poison but using your words and guitar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I want, I write with a lot of that early gospel folky sort of mountain music influence that energy, you know, I mean, when you play solo, depends what you want to do. If you're going to, if you're going to play solo in a bar or in a crowded situation, you got to have something that gets, gets attention, mm-hmm. you know? So, I draw on my early experiences like that, that Pentecostal music that I grew up with, um, you know, uh, I'll fly away or, um, there's a ton of them. I can't even, when we all get to heaven or, you know, these upbeat songs, I mean, literally in the churches I grew up in sometimes everybody would be singing this, like when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that would be. And everybody starts clapping and they're clapping. There's times when people would start marching around the church, yeah. like waving hankies and like just feeling speaking in tongues and like, you know, uh, you know, preachers up there just like going back and like, like, like just hopping on one foot, like going just all over the place. You There's know? so it's many just... memes out there of like Pentecost. I believe they're Pentecostal churches and they're like some other song in the background. Right. And they're just like, yeah. Like running around, jumping, stomping <laughs> and people are like falling over. Right. And doing I, the running man. There was, there was a time I remember going to this little church. I think it was like, 
Reimersburg. Literally, okay, this is like in the eighties. Mm-hmm. There was a little church in the middle of nowhere, and if you had to go to the bathroom, you went out to the outhouse. There was no like Whoa. plumbing in the church. Okay creepy it was in the mountains of pennsylvania and you're like you have to go outside and like there's a light like over the front door of the your uh, the outhouse and like mm-hmm. there's bugs everywhere and you're just like it's night dark Ooh. out you know it's so weird anyway i remember this little old lady they're marching around and like they're really getting fired up about going to heaven and all this stuff she you know in this church a lot of women didn't cut their hair so they had these buns mm-hmm. and she started speaking in tongues and whipping her head and i remember just this big ponytail coming loose <laughs> just like a helicopter but she was feeling it you know and uh but that's the kind of energy that i want to have when i'm playing and i want people to respond to i want to bring people into the story and the shared experience and then we'll all go on this trip together you know right bring them bring them in and get them involved and active in the show participating and with each other i've always said in my little mission statement that i do music i want people to feel connected Mm -hmm. that's it yeah yeah and you you mentioned that like sometimes that can be discouraging if you're not getting that kind of response yeah it's hard when you're when you're trying to connect but you're in a bar that's like super noisy the people even literally have their back to you yeah (laughs) engrossed in other stuff like hey i'm here right singing for you guys but then you know sometimes though and i think every every songwriter has these moments where you are reaching like you'll see like four people Mm -hmm. you know responding and uh that's always good you know but i do i do think that when i'm when i'm able to get in front of groups of people that are there to listen i do connect and it feels really good like you know um after the i I opened up for tyler smilo uh smilo and the ghost when they did that packer recording and there was like two or three people came up and said that like i moved some of my songs my originals like moved Mm -hmm. them to tears and i was like man i need to play for people like more Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why i'm picking it back up again not only just to pay for the car i had to get but these people that come up and, and share like they had a moment, it makes me want to like do it more. Right. So, yeah. Are you selective with where you want to play your gigs then? Like some bars are definitely more, con- or some musical spaces are definitely more conducive to active listening. Well, when you want the money, you kind of play anywhere. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And when you want, like the best gigs, in my opinion, are like the 45 minute to an hour set. Mm-hmm. because you can pack all of what you really want to say without any filler. You just go up there and you do it and you feel great and you move on. But when you have to like, sh- you know, sort of like slog along like three hours, like, you know, 45 minute, 15 minute break, Playing 45 some songs, minutes, you might not feel quite so much. And it's just, you're just trying to make it through to nine and get your check. And like, you know, it's just hard. So I am not very selective. <laughs> you would like to be though. It would be great if there was, if I could like fall into places that just were there to like hear the song and like be moved. But you know, if you look at YouTube, whether it's comedy or any of these things, people are so generally rude and entitled and like there for another reason. Mm -hmm. And so many people just want to be part of the show too. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Not everybody can just be part of the show. I want, I mean, what I mean is like the showman, Mm -hmm. you know, they want to say something or read, you know, like yell at you. Yeah. Play free bird or not in or or they don't pay attention at all. You know, it's like the good attention. I don't know. So good attention is good. Bad attention. No attention might be worse than even bad attention. I don't know. You know, there's a, there's a Chuck Palahniuk book, 
uh, quote that always spoke to me. He's one of my favorite writers. Uh-oh. Studio's falling apart. <laughs> but he, he talks about um, in one of his, in, I think, Fight Club about how being voiceless is is worse than not being heard mm. or having a voice right. and not being heard. Right. Yeah, I feel like I have. I feel like there's a story to be told, and I'm I'm happy that I've written some of them, some of those stories. But I got more to tell. You know, um, I, uh, I, gr- I, I in Grove City um, is where I came from uh, before I moved here, Grove City, PA, and uh, I learned how to play guitar in church. Um, I was singing in church before I played guitar. I would sing to these. I would go around and sing to cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes I did my own sound. I, I would go to other churches and, like, sing. Right. And, like, do a whole evening of performances with cassette tapes. And I, there was times where I would, I would have to be the one that controlled it. I'd put, I'd put a cassette in, push play. Just the volume. Yeah, and wait for the music to start, and I would sing some song. And then the next song, I'd pop the cassette out and, like, do it myself. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't dub them all in order. <laughs> I, I mean, when we're kids and we're trying to figure stuff out, like... That's yeah. the, you just a lot of times you just don't have that experience. Right. I mean, I'm sure if you look back at it now, you'd be like, oh well, <laughs> you know, I I hook up a sound pad and I hit that's true one button and it does my thing for me. That's true. I, you know, fortunately, there's no videos of me doing like any kind of like Christian rap. Oh, oh really? not, did you do? Not, have you ever done that though? No. I mean, in like on like for fun, yes. Not in church. That would have been some DC talk. Yeah, would have did some that. No, see, but Christian rap is like, I mean, that's the ticket, man. You remember DC Talk? Do you know? No. (laughs) My God is doing a brand new thing. Since Ty began, he remains the same. Faithful. Well, it just makes me think of, like, that kind of stuff makes me think of the one South Park where Cartman starts a Christian rock band, and they're awful and horrible, and he's singing and stuff, but it doesn't matter because they're Christian, so everybody loves them and buys their records. It's true. I think of that one video, which, you know, can't say the name on here, but it's like, like uh, Jesus Christ is my, you know, N word or whatever. You ever see oh, that? Thing, you know, where they're <laughs> rapping on that, you know, and I see that, and I'm oh just God. like, good lord! Like, oh, it's people. the old lady. Yeah. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> These, yeah. But like, now we got you on video rapping a little bit Christian style. Oh, yeah, you were just saying, uh, thank God there DC isn't talk. any, but now it exists. Oh, no. <laughs> we goaded you into it. Oh, no. So you were, you I'm were, actually here to announce my, my new career in Christian rap. Mm, congratulations. Mm. It's going to be great. We're, looking, we're all looking forward to it. Heavenly. Inspired by <laughs> who's your favorite rapper? Who are you, who's your? I don't know. I don't even know a rapper right now. Uh, did you do you listen to like any hip hop? I do. I mean, like, I do. I'm trying to think. Like, I, I have a I have a Blueprint CD. Oh, there you go, Jay Z. Yeah, Jay Z, yeah, dope, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Black Album. I have that on vinyl. Um, I mean, geez, I grew up in the '80s, so like Fresh Prince, right? You know, um, N.W.A. Fat Boys. What about Snoop Dogg? Beastie Boys. Some Snoop Dogg. Beastie Boys. Yeah, you got to fight for your right to party. That's right. We were just talking about that before this show, before you yeah. got here. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I want to do. I want to do a, co- a collaboration with uh, C. Brown. So, yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. awesome. Yeah. We. I want to get him on the show at some point. We just had uh, Johnny Evans from the Lower East. I saw that. That was great. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. Um, He's so good. He he definitely is. Oh yeah. He's, he's a very supportive person of all the music too. He's he very, he really is, yeah. Yeah, he he really couldn't say how much he wants to let other people 
perform and, you know, like you were talking about, leave their impact on people and express that people or allow people to, to find that common connection through music that like kind of unites Mm -hmm. everybody, you know, everybody share those same experiences. Mm -hmm. I would like to work with, I would like to work with a hip hop, somebody that does hip hop and like mix that folky country with it. Not like something super cheesy. That's the thing right now though. Yeah, maybe all, all modern countries hip hop. Yeah. Steve Earl said it's, it's hip hop for white people that don't like black people. That's what Steve Earl said about modern country music. Yeah, I mean, like je- there's like Jelly Roll out there. He's like a bunch of people. Do you remember his country songs now? Country rap. You remember hip hop? That's hip-hop. what it's called. You remember Bubba Sparks from when we were in high school? Bubba Sparks. Yeah, he was like the OG of it, or like Nappy Roots. Oh yeah, Nappy, Nappy Roots is great. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome, but they're kind of like a mix of like. You know, the folky like country with, with rap. They do have like that cool like southern folk sort of approach to, to rap. I hear a lot of like blues influence too in some of the rappers that I like. Like uh the roots. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, all that old bluesy oh, anti establishment type feelings that yeah. people have that are like upset with the status quo and the way things are going right now in their lives or in the world around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh yeah, I mean, I'm influenced by a lot of different things, but mostly that original, like, Roots music. Um, what was I listening to? Uh, I was listening to some... I listen to a lot of gospel music still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still do that. Um, I just like it. I like the rhythms. Um, you still uh, a spiritual person? No. No? No. I feel it. <laughs> Lost touch. Yeah, I mean, like, when you start letting go of some of the things that really held you into that mindset, it's like there's no point um i still I, I still you know i respect it i the way i grew up was very old school it's like a it's basically not going to be around forever so like from like a anthropological you know history i i'm, I'm i feel privileged that i grew up around it yeah it's on the way out i mean it's a know, rare experience yeah it's a, it's not a, it's the, the 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 old traditional like 1800s keeping it as close as possible to that early revival sort of spirit you know, um, it's not around like it was, it's also commercial now. Mm-hmm. And these people were just doing what they knew to do, you know, or felt they needed to do. It wasn't, yeah. you didn't buy to any programs they, we didn't have. I mean, we, I never even, I don't even think we had like, you know, what are those things called that you put the light on? Like you put the, the clear plastic and it would project words onto the wall. Like a project, like yeah. a slideshow yeah, or something like, like that. We didn't even do that. Like it was always old hymnals or maybe like a printed book with like mo- modern hymns in it, which were like the made in the sixties or something. You mm-hmm. know? So yeah. Do you think that, that, I mean, I'd assume it probably did like push you in the direction of folk. That's like the most folky thing is just drawing from your, your predecessors, your ancestors. Well, I think one of the things that I'm realizing, and I'm not trying to like say I'm like OG or some something, some weird like um, superiority, but like a lot of people now are producing folk music or even Americana music, but they don't have any real connection to that, mm-hmm. or they don't value traditional songs. They don't play traditional songs either. They just don't even know it but yet they're creating something all based on it. Right. You know, so I, I, my shows I do live when I do live, I do covers and a lot of them are really old covers, old bluegrass, old gospel, old blues. And I don't, there's no harm. I mean, I think that's what keeps tradition alive. That's what keeps you rooted in the tradition. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good to stay in touch with those 
types of things. Yeah, studio's falling apart a little bit. I got found a bigger, better way to stick up those those sound reduction foam panels up there. I mean, I think maybe that's the time. Maybe that's like the countdown to when the show ends. Like as one. It might falls. be. Yeah. That's once they're true. all gone, that that might be how we have to work things See you out. Later, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just whoever the guest is when the last one falls, we just get up and leave. Seven days later. <laughs> so when did you realize you like had something with music? Um, you know, it was like first off singing in church, but then in high school when I tried out for a solo from the Les Mis musical and all the guys were lined up and everybody's kind of chit chatting in the back. Again, nobody's paying attention. Um, and I'm trying out and the first couple guys go, I get up and I start in the, in the, into the solo and it was like, uh, on this page, I write my last confession. I don't know if you ever heard that before, but anyway, I got done with that whole thing, and all it got quiet while I was singing, and all the girls screamed when I was done. I was like, "All right, we're gonna lose." <laughs> we all don't have. A, you might be the last guest on this yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. I was like, "Well, people responded in a way that I never had before." So I was like, "Let's let's keep doing this." So start playing guitar, writing. Produce. We started putting together our own coffee shops, mm-hmm. created bands, started <laughs> renting places to play in Grove City. It's a dry town back then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's when it all started. And I, I never really stopped all the way through my, you know, marriage and, and kids. I never stopped playing. I've been doing it. So what did you, were you ever trying to record anything back then? Oh, there's some recordings. Oh, for sure. Yeah. On I did. like cassette tapes. I did. I did put out a couple of like homemade cassette tapes. Mm. Yeah. Or burned CDs, basically. For sure. Yeah. I. You know. Um. But I'm a graphic artist, so I, I really enjoyed doing really terrible designs back then. But that's <laughs> what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you would have stuck with music if those girls didn't scream after after you sang a, a choir? Wow, that's a good question. Yeah. Never would have thought if I didn't get that kind of response. You know, it's really hard to think that I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I would have joined the military to be a chaplain or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that probably opened up a lot of doors for you once your uh, vocal like talent was a little bit more well-known. Yeah. Well, you know, you kind of feel a little bit like I, did, I wasn't in band. I had a lot of friends that were in band. So I didn't play anything. I didn't have like a community. Mm-hmm. I had a, I was, you know, a lot of my friends were in theater. I didn't do theater, but I'd hang out with them. I'd go to the parties, but I wouldn't, I wasn't in theater, you mm-hmm. know? So once I started singing and I was able to kind of fall into that, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Nice. And w- what kind of music were you making back then? Back then, it was probably more poppy mm-hmm. folk, you know? I mean, back then, at a certain point, I probably was listening to, like, Dashboard Confessional. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or some early Christian, like, early, like, Tooth and Nail Records, Solid State Records. They were, like, doing more. I got into a guy named Damien Giraldo, mm-hmm. who was on Sub Pop. It was also, like, a Christian. Uh, Pedro the Lion. You know, so like emo-ish, like 90s folk rock. And then I started a band that was more like a jam band. And then I always did solo, though, too. And then really after Old Brother Rock I realized that I should really draw on the original, like traditional stuff that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and now you're doing solo stuff. You play guitar and harmonica, right? Guitar, harmonica, vocals. Yep. And 
sometimes I do electric guitar with a, as a duo with Boot Jack, a drummer, and me, uh, Eric Mildner on drums. And I wasn't a three-piece, like, bluegrassy, I don't want to say bluegrass, not strictly bluegrass, it's just like a folk band or country band called uh, Bootleggers Bible Club. Um, that was really fun, you know. I got to play blues and jazz fest with that. Um, played all over the place, like casino and stuff like that. It was fun. Got paid good. It yeah. was fun. Uh, they, what do you think that separates a bluegrass from a country song? Oh, uh, bluegrass is a structure. And when it comes down to understanding bluegrass, it's just structured differently than country. Mm-hmm. I mean, years ago, before Bill Monroe and before that kind of driving mandolin with like the snare sound, sure, chuck, chuck. Um, it was just all like uh, mountain music or folk music. But that driving mandolin, guitar, upright bass, maybe fiddle, banjo, banjo, with that Earl Scruggs rolls, mm-hmm. that driving, that's bluegrass. If you deviate from that drive or the harmon, the specific kind of harmonies that they have, it really starts to get into country or something else, mm-hmm. folk. So it's really generically as like when i'm talking i'll say bluegrass but really in my heart i feel bad when i say it because i know real bluegrass people and are like that's not no yeah. uh-uh. so i prefer really just to say americana or roots music sure that way if i can be a little bluegrassy i can if, you know whatever what do you think about pop country not a fan i mean no. neither. i mean you know i will say i mean there's it's hard to say as far as like story songs go and more like traditional love songs in quotation marks. I think production value is terrible, mm-hmm. but I do think a lot of the songwriting is still in country music. Some of it. Yeah. Mm. You know, but I would even argue top 40 is one thing, but when you start looking at modern people like Sturgill Simpson, Luke Combs, Luke, yeah. Old no. Crow. No. Old Crow message show. I don't, I don't know if I like Luke Combs. I don't even know. If oh is. man. I feel like he has like the voice that I want to hear God talk to oh, me man. in. Luke Combs. Now, I'm not sure. Coulter Wall's a guy. Um, Steel Jason, Driver. Jason Isbell. I think I've heard them before. They're another one that, that could be the voice of God talking uh-huh. to me whenever I don't know. he does. I don't know. If, it, if God doesn't sound like Garth Brooks, send me to hell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what dream is like a river, ever-changing as it flows. I was around when he first came around. That's nuts. Yeah. Absolutely. And... Uh, so what are you getting into now? Are, are you, do you have anything new coming up? Any new inspirations that you're pulling from? Well, I do have a few newer songs, and I want to write more. I have a lot of themes in my mind and, like, notes all over the place. But um, I do have some gigs coming up, you know. Um, I, I want to write more. I want to record. I've never recorded an album and actually did, like, all the, like, instrumentation. It's always been more like a demo. Mm-hmm. So I would love to do that at some point. Cool. Um, record a real album with you know, pedal steel and drums and bass and whatever other instruments and vote background vocalists and stuff. What, what kind of sound are you going for? What are the themes you're talking about? Well, I went through a divorce. So thinking about, you know, relationships ending, um, thinking about sort of my deconversion. Yeah. Um, I want to get real about that stuff. Um, There's a certain word that people use from that for that too. Like their step away from, like especially strict 
religious sex. Mm-hmm. Is it like a shedding almost? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. her name? The Carolina talked about it when she came on. Yeah, she, she was a, She wrote a book called The Unwanted Prophet. She's a local Erie author, and she had a cool word for cause she was raised in a very religious household mm-hmm. as well. And I can't think of it right now, I so I guess either. it doesn't matter that much. Well, I'm, I'm finding in Erie and in general a lot of people that had grown up with and, and sort of like stricter religious beliefs or with family that still believes and they're kind of like working their way away from it. And it's a very difficult thing to do. It's a very, very difficult because you're giving up, like for instance, my whole family's in it. My mm-hmm. grandfather was a deacon. They built churches. Like my grandma, like would, 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 you know, crochet things to sell for missions and like, and they're all caring people and then you know they're all great people so when you leave you just are lose you just feel like you're losing mm-hmm. like a lot like like just like like the like i don't know so then you have to reconnect with something mm-hmm. you have to connect to some other truth or reality and that's kind of what i'm learning so i want to write about that i want to sing about that you know i want to bring people into that and you know the shared experience of like, you know, so I went through an issue at the beginning of COVID and it was so emotional. It was, it was a family member that was sick and I was afraid I was going to lose them. And that was the first time since I gave up my faith that I didn't like pray. Yeah. Like yeah. I couldn't cause I knew like I, for me, I just don't feel like, I don't think there's, it's not there. So, but it's like, I, it was the first time I really cried in the shower, like, it, you know, it was so hard. And I was like, why? I was like, what am I? It, but what I felt and what it turned into was like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't like, how do I not cry out to a God or something? Mm-hmm. But what I did was I tapped into the, I tapped into a shared experience of just pain. Mm. And I found solace in that. Like, you know, I'm not the only one suffering in this world. Right. You know, and people have suffered before me and people are going to suffer right now and people are going to suffer later. But like you can tap into that and then you start realizing that people make it Mm -hmm. and some people don't. Sure. But you realize you're in this flow of experience, you know, and so I don't know, something clicked in me. I cried and I just I kind of just tapped into that shared cry like that shared cry but i but it's further than that i think there's a shared joy there's a shared there's a shared desire to create there's a shared desire to exist you know to love to whatever you know so yeah absolutely there there there's so much more to this human experience and i think that giving into those experiences in a lot of ways is one of the most human things you can do. One of the most real things you can do is to really feel that sadness or feel that joy or feel that sense of unity or connection or gratitude um, or whatever it it is that you're going through and to really be there and to be present and to like take those emotions and sit with them for a little bit, you know? Yeah. I think, I think one of the things I think that we tend to do is kind of like, we look at our own sadness or our own experience and we think it's so unique, mm-hmm. but we kind of package it up in this kind of like, I'm the only one, right? You know, I'm the only one that uh, my, my hurt is so special, mm, Yeah, <laughs> but it's shared, you know, and we're able to see that. I think that it just broadens our, our like way that we handle it. You know, it's, it's all of us are suffering. You know, we were, 
in very similar boats at the start of well maybe not um but start of covid i had just exited a a long-term relationship with somebody that i thought i was gonna spend the rest of my life with and at that time i was very isolated because of covid and it felt like these feelings were going to be forever Mm-hmm. You know, like this, this is, I was just going to be sad and miserable forever now after losing, leaving this relationship and that I would never, things would never be brighter. Things would never be sunny again. And it was a very big turning point for me, motion, emotionally and mentally, like recognizing that this is not going to be permanent. Right. You know what I mean? And, and you're not alone in, in, the, in that experience. Right. Mm. I mean, there's a million songs written about it. Oh yeah. Right. You know? And some like, of them kept me alive during right. that, yeah, during right. that situation on repeat. Right. Crying on my couch alone. <laughs> yeah. And I've found myself like I, I have a weird experience with life where like I'm I'm the yin to people's yang because not to be like I'm just being dead serious, like well, beginning of COVID, all that stuff going on, I was just rocking and rolling. I was having a great time yeah. with life. You know, I graduated college, I got off of work for a while, I was making extra money, I was traveling around. Man, it's just weird like everybody like there's there's a plane we all work on. And at different times, we can just connect with different people with, like, our, our vibrations, our mm-hmm. happiness, our sadness. I think it's all just a way to, like, fill that void of helplessness that we have as individuals, mm-hmm. whether it be, like, religion, empathy, music. Um, but it's just an incredible thing to, to just tap into that humanity. Yeah. Well, I think it's a key to, you know, you know when you th- think about all the issues that we're facing, having my boys, you know, my boys, it's like... You have to be hopeful now, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have time to think it's all over, because they need something yeah. <laughs> to look forward to. Right. So I'm very hopeful. One of my friends, you know, I expressed online about my um, lack of belief anymore and the way I used to believe, and he reached out to me and he was really awesome. He's like, he's a great friend, and he's like, I just don't believe you, and you say you don't believe in anything anymore. And I said, well, you got to understand. I said. I might not believe in something, but it doesn't mean I'm not hopeful right. in people to do the right thing eventually. You know, like if we default to some kind of like magic, you know, it just makes it feel better like in the future. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm more hopeful in humans doing the right thing eventually, mm-hmm. you know, and it might take a while, but we have to have hope, you know, for, for our, all of our sakes. Right. <laughs> That's what I want to do with my music. You know, is bring people together and and uh, push us along. So, yeah. You have a show coming up, right? Yeah, I do. Um, February third, which is what? It's like real soon. This Friday, the Friday after this is going to be right. released. Yeah. Oh, that's or cool. Saturday. Yeah. Um, uh, with Smilo and the Ghost at the Rook. Uh, I don't remember when the doors open, but it's like eight or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. But uh, yeah, it should be a great show. I was yeah. really happy they asked me. I'm looking forward to it. That that's, that venue's really cool. and uh, Has a vibe, for sure. Yeah. And it'll be interesting, because most of the time when I see people there, it's a it's not a, a folk concert. Well, that's the unique part about this gig. I'm a little nervous. Um, like, I, you know, people come to see a Smile on the Ghost, and there's an opener. Mm-hmm. Well, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Erie knows me. You know, and if they don't, they will, if they're there. And and uh, the people that are coming are obvious, or I would think for the most part are 
fans of singer songwriters folk mm-hmm. musicians stuff like that so, oh, so. Yeah. i would hope that you know your music would vibe with them just as well as as uh smile on the ghost well that's a late night gig i mean it's well it used to be later back before covid but you know hopefully uh yeah hopefully people will be there early enough to catch me and and respond i don't have anything to sell but i'm on Bandcamp. you know whatever that's right check out his music on Bandcamp. download an album download a cd yeah matt texter it's yeah. good stuff and uh I, I really enjoy the the emotions and the the feelings that I go through when I listen to your music and other folk musicians' music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very personal, and uh, there's something special about the lack of like just the the personalness. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not you and a band or some other people or people that you're collaborating with or working together to make a certain sound or make a certain you know certain lyrics, certain song, certain whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just you know you and the guitar yeah sonically it just it's just very simple most of my recordings um yeah i don't know do you remember anything you listened to specifically i don't know You're i just think like cycling through i was just going kind of clicking around checking out a few different albums um i did the same thing yeah it, i did uh there was that album my one of my most recent ones would have been that um hank says it best yeah that's i'm pretty sure that's the album that i listened to yeah. mostly and then uh i recorded that at my friend john johnston's house um before i went on tour back in like 2017 and that's probably one of the last things i recorded so it's been a it's been a while <laughs> you know, i need to record something so get back in into things um what was the you said the the hiatus was pretty good for you yeah pretty much you know like um i was able to pull way back from my burnout and focus on other things you know i I ended a long-term relationship actually marriage um bought a house in that time therapy yeah you know um realigned my sort of views of my work that i do every day um you know, I'm in a way better spot mm-hmm. than I was, and I'm finally into that space. So, hopefully, that'll free me up to write some new stuff and yeah. get a new recording. Out. Have you found therapy to be beneficial for you? Oh yeah, yeah. I think you know most of the time. I think you know therapy is good because it does teach you that you're not alone in the sense of you know other people are feeling bad too. You know, mm-hmm. so it just helps you process. You can listen to yourself sometimes because when you're listening, when you're talking to somebody, mm-hmm. you're listening to yourself too. Right. Sometimes you're like, ah, it's fine. Why, why am I saying Why am I saying right. yeah, why? Yeah. <laughs> I sound really bad. <laughs> sometimes I need people to reiterate to me what I'm already thinking in my head too. That's well, true. And sometimes go in a therapist looks back and says, you're okay. Right. Like exactly. Oh, it's okay. going to be all right. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, you're, what you're feeling is normal, you mm-hmm. know? So, or this is why you're feeling this way. Here's what we can do. And it's like, cool, let's do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I feel like, you know, with, with my therapist, when I'm like, this is this horrible thing, she's like, that's pretty normal. And then when I'm just like spitballing and say something that's just like normal, she's to me, like, like, stop. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait, you've already said that four times during this session. Let's yeah. talk about that. Let's, let's unpack this a little bit. Right. See so right. where this is really coming from. <laughs> right. So you do figure out things about yourself and, and you bring, you make connections with other things and then you're able to move forward. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I just, I turned 44 uh, in November and you know, you are still learning about myself. And I, you know, I think when people stop, that's not a good sign, right? Mm-hmm. You got to work on stuff. You got to, you know, if you're looking around and you're like, I'm not doing anything, like I'm going to work, but it's just like coasting. My relationship's kind of weird. 
you know, I just don't, you know, I don't know what's going on. You got to stop and you got to, you got to learn to live again. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I feel like there's so many things that I've realized recently about me and the way I behave that go way, way, way back, Mm -hmm. you know, to past experiences, whether they be traumatic or good or, uh, you know, somewhere in between a lot of those behaviors and those mannerisms and the ways that I treat myself and treat others are just reflections of that Mm -hmm. and being able to recognize those patterns and make changes where changes are necessary is so important. Right. Well, learning like techniques like journaling, um, writing stuff down, you know, um, I don't know, getting away from the TV and just, you know, trying to do some other things, you know, I right now I've been fantasizing about doing like a little zine. Yeah. I don't know why. A magazine? Yeah, like, well, it's like a little, little, you know. Like an eerie reader kind of thing? No, just my own little weird book of, like, weird stuff. Cool. I don't know, make, like, 50 of them. Whatever whatever it takes (laughs) to get creative again, right? Yeah, Yeah. I've I've really been hitting that, thinking about that. Um, And then, you know, recording, like I said. Um, I dabbled with a podcast for a while, beginning of COVID. Um, And then uh, did a radio show for a little while during COVID for a community radio station in Cambridge Springs. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah. yeah. That was fun. It was called brother Matthews, all saints and sinners chapel. Ooh, that sounds very, uh... so it was like, um, me doing a mix of gospel music and secular music. Mm-hmm. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Some of the, one of the only memories I have of really listening to like what I would consider gospel music was during the, and I remember it very vividly and I don't know particularly why, but it was like a Southern Baptist gospel song. Everybody's like singing like, Oh yeah. yeah. And it was great. And I'm like rolling around the city in the middle of the hundred inch blizzard um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. on my way to work because I had to still work. I was working at a rehab at the time and I had to be there. Um, and I'm just like blowing through all these red lights and wow. all these stop signs because I couldn't stop my car because I would have got stuck. Oh, yeah. So I had to just keep going and I got my windows down and the heat on all the way and I'm blasting gospel music and <laughs> just having a really great time and feeling like freedom. Oh yeah. I think all of those are still available online. Brother Matthews, All Saints Sinners Chapel. I'll have to send you a link. Yeah. You might, you might enjoy it. Absolutely. I'm sure I would. Uh, what do you do to stay, what else have you been doing to stay creative and to keep those juices flowing? You know, really, it's just, like I said, you know, I try to read more. I'm not great at reading like straight through stuff, mm-hmm. but I do read lots of chunks of things. I watch lots of documentaries. Um, I, like I said, just, you know, my ADHD brain, like definitely jumps from like one extreme to the next, like I'm going to do a magazine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to record a song. <laughs> I'm going to do a podcast. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know, maybe that's part of my creativity is just, just being creative in my own brain and not ever finishing anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I get, I get those hyper fixations too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me scattered too. around. Oh. Hard to pay attention, but this is one thing that we have been paying attention to and actually remaining consistent so far. And I feel like the impressive. remaining consistent and applying yourself to one particular thing i'm finding more and more rewarding as i continue to get older because i i like most of the time i never finished anything you know what i mean i barely i didn't finish college i barely finished high school i barely finished any of the i never finished any like sports you know what i mean i was always somebody who like did it a couple days quit i tried to learn guitar quit skateboard what you know whatever but the more i'm realizing like how beneficial it is to continue to apply myself in one direction the further i get and the better i feel about it right i think for me i think everything i'm going through now like i want to i want to hopefully be in a place when i'm like 50 yeah 
where I can get out of what I'm doing mm-hmm. and just like hit the road and be the old folky that just hits the road. Mm. Hell and yeah. People are like, where's this guy from? <laughs> That's what I want to be. That's you, what I want to do. You can be like the Woody Guthrie to the next generation. Right. I just want to roll into a town mm. and people will be like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I've been here all the time. That's <laughs> right. You got to get a, you got to get a sticker that, what is it? This machine kills fascists oh, yeah. on your guitar. Right. I mean, that's gotta be something you <laughs> right. do when you turn 50 and or the road, <laughs> the machine killed this guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's really about me. Like, <laughs> right. That, that is like a, a huge withdrawal from like, not, I maybe not society, but like from the, the current status quo, you know what I mean? I, I, like I fantasize a lot about like escapism, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just like packing up my shit, selling my house, moving out into the forest. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't feel it would be. It feels like it'd be good, but then it also feels like it'd be hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I, I wrote. I've written two songs. One song was about a retired hobo, and he wants to hit the road again. The other one's about a retired freak show performer mm-hmm. named the Fire Eating Magic Man from Japan. Ooh, and Ooh. it's a song about you know this guy like getting out of the freak show business. And uh, reminiscing about people chanting his name, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. So I got one buddy named Porch, and he Porch, yeah, <laughs> Porch. And uh, I've been trying to get him to come on the show, but he's so hard to nail down. And he, cause like he spent most of his life like backpacking and like hopping trains oh, wow. and just like being a hobo and traveling around the country. And he just got back from like South America. He was living in like Peru, just like for almost a year and then came back here and i want to get him on the show i'm going to call it the porch chronicles definitely should just to get like the real life experience of somebody that's like just you know been had that like such a high degree of freedom well you have to you have to jump into it i mean i'm 44 years old so like you know you make these decisions you get married and you have a house and kids and stuff anybody that's young that i've run into here that has like some ambition you, you can't stay. Mm-hmm. If you grew up here, I mean, yeah. you really can't stay here. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's a common belief like for sure. Misnomer. But I, I like it here now. Well, that's my point though. But like when you're young, like, you know, the chance, I mean, the internet could, could make it easier mm-hmm. to be seen. Yeah. It's not the same as it used to be. But I mean, honestly though, like where is, do you think that Bob Dylan would have the same status if he was a YouTube star instead of rolling into New York City and making up this story that he hops sure. trying to get there. Yeah. Uh, in this day and age, yeah. You think so? Yeah, because you can you can create your narrative from anywhere, and as long as you're in, interesting enough in telling the story, you don't have to go to like New York or Hollywood to make well, I it guess, big. I guess for me though, I think that the very medium of the the clip medium mm-hmm. you know that you know i don't know i don't think you could i don't know i, I just find it hard to believe you would have the same staying power as I somebody think it'd be like hard bob to dylan. have that like experience to be able to do well, what bob dylan did without a story like bob yeah, dylan think about think about like uh modern country music it leans so heavily into being from like rural areas from being like from the sticks from somewhere where you have to go down a dirt road like it's it's the blue jeans and beer exactly but people eat that shit up well i think you know i think there's a difference though between creating culture and selling culture Mm -hmm. you know and I, i think that's kind of like where i'm coming where i'm thinking you know 
you know, if you want to be a Nashville songwriter, then you should move to Nashville. Right. You know, if you want to be a songwriter, there is a business in other places. You know, it's harder to break into those scenes from a distance, you know, um, without those collaborations and those connections. I don't think it's as impressive. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it's as impressive of a trek anymore to go from like Minnesota where he was to New York city. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. We get there a lot quicker now too. And we get, we get there visually. Like I can open my phone and in perfect HD, like look at, you know, uh, like the city. I just think that in, in this day and age though, I think it's ruined, you know, you know, for instance, you know, you run into somebody that has like a, a streaming channel and, you know, they're very excited about, very passionate about it. And then you ask like, well, how many people tune in? Like, oh man, five. Yeah. It's like big, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, I get you. And I understand the, like the need for a lot of people to kind of break out of like Erie or the surrounding areas and go to a bigger city like New York or LA or Miami or wherever Warren. it is. Youngstown, mm-hmm. like you can't play the same three bars and be disappointed. Right, mm-hmm. you have to play other places, That's or you have to have a good you have to have a good presence online. Right, but you have to play other places. I, I feel like it depends what you're doing in this yeah. city. Like if it's like if it's music or some kind of artistic expression, you're right. You probably have to break the 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 bindings that are here. Yeah, but if you're running at other types of businesses. Or trying to grow yourself here in different capacities, you can absolutely make this your space. Yeah, I think it's what depends what you're selling. Yeah, for it sure. depends a lot on what Producing. you're doing, and I think that Erie is a great. Other people who have come on to call it have called it like an unfinished city. You mm-hmm. know, there's still a lot of room for people to grow and to you know build their chops here, so to speak, or like. Uh, you know, develop their their stage presence or whatever it, in whatever capacity it is that they're getting into. I think that a lot of the problem that I've seen in Erie in the you know twenty some years I've been here in the music scene and stuff is that a lot of the spaces, the the actual physical real estate is owned by people that don't really have the vision, mm. and the people that have the vision don't have the money or the resources to really pursue that. A lot of things I've seen come and go have been like built up beautiful places, very creative spaces, but when you're, you know, when your landlord is slumlord, yeah, you know, and then stuff's do. falling down around you, and then they try to get more rent out of you. You close it. You, mm-hmm. you, you move on. Right? You'll have that experience anywhere, though. Yeah, but I guess, you know, we. It's just where where is that balance? You know, like, you know, where the people with vision just don't have those resources. Well, I think know? I think it depends on your your uh, demographic too. I mean, it's just a fact, unfortunately, at this point that Erie is an economically depressed area. And I think a lot of people cling to memories. So when you're looking at artists that are creating new things, you know, it might not resonate in a comfort zone where like a cover band does, because when things are tough, you want to grab onto things that uh, make you nostalgic of like a better time. I think it just makes it difficult for people with like these forward thinking uh, initiatives to mm-hmm. get them through. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that it is hard especially like today to generate revenue or capital in order to like open these spaces and then to have it like 
not only be open, but like for it to stay open. Oh yeah. It's, it's extremely expensive. You know, like when, you know, electric bills are so high or just liability insurance, if you're having a bar or something, trying to do the right thing. Right. But it's, yeah, I've seen, I've seen them come and go, you know, like the beer mug, crooked eye, Bobby's forward place, hall. forward hall, Scotty's, Scotty's, the hangout, the hangout. Yeah. In Edinburgh. Right. There's so much liability and cost and, but we do, but look, all these buildings are still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of new ones opening too, still. Yeah. Like yeah. PACA. Philly on Packers the Rock, basement transmissions, yep. Yep. you know, I agree the with Rook. That. And I I guess where I'm coming from is that I just see this new, I'm trying to see, maybe it's not real, maybe it's in my head, a new resurgence of creativity and opportunity here locally. And also, I think COVID and the lack of physical location, you mm-hmm. know, and really put a, hic- uh, a hiccup in the, in the works. Right. You know? But that also leaves more opportunity to bounce back. Yeah. Well, also like one of the things that's kind of annoying though is like, and I know there's like this fine line with like people working and like labor, but try to go do something sometimes in a cool spot at like nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody's like, there. Nobody's there anymore. You know, like I used to be able to roll into a place and think, oh, I know someone's going to be there. And it's like, there's nobody around anymore. Where are, where's everybody? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, then there's a business trying to operate in that and they can't depend on anybody. It's, it's hard, you know? Yeah. Right. It's a combinatory effect of fear and inflation and, mm-hmm. you know, just to disconnect from us as human beings that COVID kind of created where we all went into our spaces and right. stopped interacting. And a lot of people still haven't gotten out of that. But you, you're definitely right on, on what you're saying about um, people like Bob Jensen and, and um, Marlene and those people and Sean over at Philly on the Rocks and, you know, um, uh, all the spaces you, you said, PACA and stuff. So, And then, you know, it's cool that bands like Smilo and the Ghost are going out of town more. Mm-hmm. But when they come back, they have a packed house, which is great to be part of when I'm asked to be part of it. You know, um, it's awesome. You know, I mean, there are a lot of good things. I'm not trying. I wasn't trying to... You know, to hate on I, it. No, no. But I think it could be better. Oh, yeah. I think it could be better if, if we didn't have so many empty. I mean, I know they're working downtown on stuff, but there, it could be better if, if these places, if there was a way to connect space and resource of people with the vision instead of people with the money and the resources speculating and just leaving things empty. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I, I agree. And. Uh, Oh my God! There is just all kinds of this, stuff going that, on the today. The studio is falling apart. Today, that was early. That was the. I uh, guess it's only meant for for one show. <laughs> Did that light just turn on? No, it, no, it, it turned, turned sideways. <laughs> it turned sideways. That was some ghost. Stuff. I know. I was like, right. Things are falling down. Lights moving. <laughs> I think that's like our sign to, to probably call it a night. Yeah, here, maybe, maybe it is. But, you know, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you for the invite. I yeah. Come thank you so much maybe. for coming on. Yeah. Make sure you go check out Matt Texter at his show. And Bandcamp. Uh, and on Bandcamp, check it, buy his album, support him, and we'll see you guys all at the Rook on the third. The I'm third. on Facebook. If people like my page on Facebook, they can see my calendar. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like his page on Facebook, like our page on Facebook yeah, too. Yes. And all our intergalactic interplanetary fans, uh, make sure you show up at that show and check out Matt Texter. He's yeah. The, he's the man. And we'll be there. Come hang out and talk with us too. We love to hear from you guys and we love to see everybody out living the life and supporting these local venues and these local artists that, uh, make eerie, you know, a continuing, changing diverse dynamic area hey they're taking a chance and they're betting on you show up Woo! yeah we love you guys peace peace